Drum roll, please. It is time. Time for an abduction case, of course. Welcome to Cryptic Soup. This episode is so out of this world. an effort to get the jump on what he still assumed were ordinary burglars. It was then that he got the shock of his life. Just as he was preparing to leap out to confront these trespassers, Zanfreda felt something touch his shoulder from behind. He spun around, revolver in hand. He saw an entity that he described as being an enormous green and ugly and frightful creature, monstrous with yellow triangular eyes and red veins across the forehead, and it was no less than 10 feet tall. Zanfredo was so stunned by the sight before him that he immediately dropped his flashlight and sprinted away from this bizarre brute. Hey guys, what's up? I'm Dina. And I'm Kylie. And this is Cryptic Soup Podcast, and we have a guest. We have a guest! Hi, Eric. Do you mind if we call you Eric? You can call me Eric. <laughs> All right, we're going to call him Eric tonight. Is that, is that with a C? <laughs> no. <laughs> he gave me a look yeah. like that. <laughs> so guys, before we start, we have to talk about something... Is really, really, really important. Okay. Is I just, it about One Direction? No, okay. I just timed him and Corey went on a seven minute rant. <laughs> you would time him. Seven <laughs> minutes about why he hates like the post office and stuff. Fucking seven minutes. He is a millennial. <laughs> Not like five. Not even just like, a, I hate it. I had a bad experience today. Seven fucking minutes, you guys. And I had to cut him off twice. Twice. It was so funny, though. So there was that. Um, Eric, so tell us about yourself. Hi. Hi. Uh, I am currently living in Washington. Uh, I am in the Air Force. Uh, I fly KC-135. Uh, I've been doing that for 10 years. Um, and I love playing games. Video games, that is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I like playing games. Video, Video games, games, that is. Um and uh, that's about all I do with my time is uh, working game. Tell them what I was going to say. What's your, your favorite game? OK, that too. But tell them what your plane's main uh, responsibility yeah. Yeah, is. Was, my plane gives <laughs> other airplanes gas in the air. So, in the air, guys. Oh, that's uh, not really in the fucking air. <laughs> so we fly around. There's a little pipe on the back. That other people get close to us, we stab them with our pipe, uh, no pun intended, and then we pump them full of gas. Um, so, Eric, you could say you're, damn it, no, I'm not going to do it. All right. Okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> What's your favorite video game? Uh, League of Legends, as toxic as that may be, mm -hmm. uh, it's it's been my main game for at least... Longer than me. Yeah. And it's been 10 years. Yeah, I was gonna say, it's been like I 10 years for me. Yeah. Uh, it's quite insane. So I just had a, I can't see Kylie like usual because Kylie's on the other way of the world, <laughs> but I can see Eric. So I'm just staring at him aggressively, <laughs> repeatedly because I can. Um, but I realize for some reason, the moment another person enters this room, I am the raunchiest person in the world. I make so many bad jokes. I don't know why this happens. Like, it's not that hard to, like, just be normal and not talk about bad things. But I'm like, you know, we just live in the gutter. You it's could. fine. That's perfect. 
You it said a seven-minute rant, and I said, no, it's a six- to nine-minute rant. You've missed an opportunity there. Uh, <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Damn. Damn. I fucked up. Well, Kylie, you have anything to talk about? Well, speaking of 69, I was no. at... Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is funny. It's embarrassing for me, right? Um, kind of. Um, I went to this bridal shower, and I had... Uh, gone onto their like website that day because I was looking at their registry and it had a countdown to the wedding and it was 69 days. Okay. So fast forward to being at the bridal shower and the groom was like, yeah, it's like 64, 67. I was like, it's 69. <laughs> 69 days. 69 days. I didn't memorize that because and, I care about you. <laughs> no, it's funny because it's, it's one of Corey's like family. Oh <laughs> like, God. It's his cousin. And, um, and we like never hang out outside of like holidays. And so it was super weird that I was the one that knew that it was 69 days. Away. <laughs> I was like, like I was on the registry earlier. Are you is it on yeah. your phone's home screen? Like what? I was like, yeah, it was 69 days. You're welcome. <laughs> You're just really good at numbers. That's what it is. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. Yeah, I did it numbers. I did that. <clears throat> um, I did that really fast in my head. So you know that man that I talked to at work? All right, that sounds sketchy, but they know what I'm talking about. Okay, so there's a guy. It's like a vendor, okay, Mm -hmm. from another company. I talk to him, and I tell him every thought I have. Toxic as fuck. I love doing it. So I've, like, told him, you know, I told him the hockey thing and stuff like that. Well, and he knows that I tell Margie these things as well. The other day, we were talking, and he's, like, telling me about something, and I guess out loud, I must have been like, oh, sick, or something like that, like, kind of, like, under my breath. And he's like, what? What's so sick? Like, when did, you, when did you see it? What's up? And I was like, oh, Louis Tomlinson got some uh, hand tattoos today. And he's like, oh, that's cool. What are they of? And I talk about them and I was like, I'm going to send a picture to Margie. And he's like, OK. And I sent it. And then I started giggling and he's like, what's up? And I was like, well, I sent her the picture and I said, Louis got some hand tattoos. And Margie said, they look nice. And I said, yeah, they'll look greater on my throat. And he goes, do you ever just like tell your girlfriend you love her or like to have a nice day or anything like that? Or do you just constantly tell her how you want to fuck all these men? And I'm like, I mean, they're all from one direction, if that counts, like, or Robert Pattinson. Like, it doesn't really count. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's fine. They're all British. I like British boys. I like British boys. <laughs> they're so cute. <laughs> so um, tonight, we're actually going to go over the pond, not to not to Britain, to um, Italy for tonight's episode, actually. Oh. So this is an Italian episode. And you can tell because the dude's name's hella Italian, but also there's a part when I talk about what he says and it's in Italian, but obviously I can't ever pronounce shit. So I translated (laughs) it to English because that seemed easier (laughs) and I'll still probably fuck it up. So let's go. So tonight it. This case is really old, actually, and it's one of those where I feel like even people that know a lot of alien things maybe don't know this one because it's uh, lame. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I'm really excited to learn about it. Yeah, no, it's 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 a it's a lame case. Okay, so (laughs) between 1978 and 1981, there were 11 sightings and alien abductions done by some sort of space extraterrestrial being that was all claimed by one dude, Pierre Fortunato, Pierre Fortunato Zanfretta. Yeah, we're going to go with that. Yeah, that's probably probably right. It's not wrong. 
Yeah. Maybe. Could be. It's like Eric with the C. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, this is Zanfretta's story. Dun, dun, dun. I was so excited to do that. And I've been thinking about it all day. Because like, you know, like this is their story. I don't even know what show that is, but I know they do that. Is that uh, Law and Order? Yeah. No, no. Law and Order is just dun, dun. Yeah, it's just like that. <laughs> this too. Oh. Those chords. Okay. I think that's what I'm thinking of. And I just made it different in my head because I don't know it. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah. So originally the story was of only one event. Like they were like, hey, there was one single abduction and it happened in 1978. And then over time, the story kept getting more elaborate and it happened 11 different times. Now, the claims came from that Pierre guy, Zanfretta, and his name is Zanfretta, but I'm going to call him Zan sometimes because just saying Zanfretta 3000 times tonight isn't on my to do list. So. The event later became dubbed the Zanfretta Encounters due to that being the guy that it took place with. The story is all from accounts of what Pierre told people. So it starts on December 6th, 1978, and it was 1130 at night. I can't think of a single famous thing about that day. I was just trying to figure that out, and I don't know. December 6th? I don't I, I literally have zero famous things from that entire day. I could tell you what it's exactly one month away from. <laughs> oh, what is that? My birthday. No! <laughs> so this case was around 1130 at night for the first time. And Pierre was working. It, he was 26 years old. He was a night watchman. So in Italy, that's pretty much a security guard. But it sounds way cooler than yes. security guard. A night watchman. A night watchman. It just sounds like it's like super. Or aliens. <laughs> Or aliens, yes. <laughs> so he was doing his normal routine, um, which was patrolling around the village of Torigla. Torigla. I want to say Tortuga, and Me that's too. wrong. This is a tale. <laughs> Jack Sparrow. It's actually about Jack Sparrow getting abducted by aliens. This sounds great. That's it. Yeah. Well, he was coming up on Casa Nostra, which is one of the villas that he was supposed to be looking after. And he saw some really strange lights in the backyard, like kind of like it seemed like just bright white lights. And what he ended up seeing, he says later, horrified him. According to Zanfretta's report, he said he was driving his patrol car. And remember, it's like the dead of winter. So he's like driving it nice and slow because it's icy and like shit like that. And he says that he is checking on the homes that are owned by his clients. And the specific home that he's checking on is the client, Dr. Ator Riggi. So they call it the Rig, Riggi, Riggi, Rig, Riggi, Rigatoni. <laughs> I like how you were just like, Rigatoni, stop it. I don't like how you were just like, I'm going to just roll the R and see no. if that sounds better. <laughs> Now I want pasta. Damn it. Well, that makes it called the riggy house and so that's why i was trying to figure it out because i'm gonna have to say it quite a few times now doctor the doctor was not living in the home at the time currently so that's why he was like hey i'm gonna need you know a patrolman and a watchman to come and like check my house every so often so it ended up getting put on zan's like route zan said while he was driving around there was a random moment that occurred where the engine radio and lights of his car all like faltered and then completely did a dead stop. Like they completely turned off. EMP. Blah. EMP. Electromagnetic pulse. 
it disrupts all electrical things, which would cause, depending on if the engine required an alternator, but then it wouldn't. Eric's really smart, by the way. Well, EMP is my work's initials, so that's why I got really confused. What do you, what do you mean? I was like, what Yikes. do we do at my job that would cause that? <laughs> no, yeah, that, that makes more sense. Thanks, Eric. Now, as if something had caused all these items to die at the same time, like Zanfredo like, was wondering, he's like, okay, like there, there has to be a solution, right? Because maybe if your radio went out, okay, like there was some faulty wiring. Maybe if your lights went out, your light bulb died. Something, right? But like for all of them to shut off, he's like, nah, this is sus. Creepy. Especially in winter in the night. (laughs) I would be terrified. (laughs) Like, (laughs) fuck no. So Zanfredo looked out the windshield and he noticed what he didn't see before the car died. And that was what I was talking about earlier. The white lights moving around. So they looked like there was about four white lights and they were moving around in the garden backyard area of this nearby house, which would have been the Rigby house. Zanfreda assumed that the source of the light was actually some flashlights and he thought it was either trespassers or thieves. So he's going to be a badass and do his little guard duty and he's going to get to the bottom of it and get those people out of there, right? Zan got out of his car with his revolver and a flashlight and he decided he was going to go investigate. He managed to make it through the client's gate and was trying to be super sneaky about it and like quiet because in his mind, he's surprising burglars and he's going to save the day. So he's like, I don't want to alert them that I hear, especially if there's four flashlights and I'm one dude with one gun, like I got to be got to be safe, right? Zanfreda said then that he felt something touch his shoulder and when he turned around to face it, he saw something that was definitely not human. He said it felt like it was some sort of entity, and he gave the description later saying it had enormous green, um, like, eyes, I assume, but he just called them, he said they were enormous, they were green, it was ugly, they were frightful creatures, he said they had, fuck, undulating skin. Yeah, what is that? Undulating? You know, I didn't look it up, so. It sounds creepy as fuck, I'll look it up. And he said that they didn't look like they were very fat, but they were dressed in a loose gray tunic and they were no less than 10 feet tall. And are they made of layers? Because in the morning I'm making waffles because I'm pretty sure he just got Shrek. Well, to me. <laughs> Shrek. That's a, that, that is a description okay, of Shrek. Shrek. Very fat gray tunic, about 10 feet tall. Green. I'm glad you went there because I was like, so it's a reptilian. Okay, undu- undulating is having a smoothly rising and falling form or outline. So like wavy. I think waves mm. like undulate. Having a smoothly rising and falling form. That's he's confusing. a reptile. <laughs> he's it's my kind of man. He's, he's, something. he's a reptile. It's Shrek. <laughs> Shrek is love. Shrek is life. And he's here to make your day better. Over in Italy. In so Italy, Shrek's from Italy. From, you know, back then. I think he was over 10 feet tall, though, wasn't he? Was he? I don't know. Donkey comes up to, like, we could do an analysis of what's That's that true. the size of a donkey. It's like four feet, maybe. Yeah. I'm pretty sure when Donkey, I think Donkey would. I bet you could Google how tall Shrek is. Someone, oh, someone's done it. I'm sure, yeah. <laughs> how tall is Shrek? I got it. Oh, I'm looking it up, too. I need to know this shit. <laughs> he is supposed to be between seven to eight feet tall. Yeah, see? No less than, no more than 10 feet, six to nine feet tall. He supposedly weighs 375 pounds. That sounds very fat to me. (laughs) All right, this is the Shrek encounter. (laughs) Is Shrek a god? (laughs) Lord Farquaad is only 4'2". I mean, I knew he was short, but like, I I knew that. I did know that. 
Oh my God. Do you know what I found out the other day? What? If I met Joe Jonas, we would be looking almost directly into each other's eyes. He is only one inch taller than me. How is that possible? Wow. Joe Jonas is only five seven. Tell me that's not weird. That's like a, a little weird. Like Wait, a Eric, how tall are you? I'm five ten. Okay, I did not see how tall Eric was before we started this, and I was like, oh my god, I'm over here talking shit about <laughs> short so people, and he's like, people. so I'm five four. That's another name. A C. He's like, actually, my my plane is a miniature. It makes it easier. <laughs> no, it's actually massive. So. G- other than this being Shrek, it actually might have been a uh, reptilian is what they thought, because it just fit the description of what they had up to this point heard. As far as the reptilian theory goes, which can be found in the archives in an episode with a guest. Um, kaiju lore. Yeah, I, ha- I had to think of what those things were called. Kaijus. That's what I said. Kaijus. Yeah, no, I had to I had to remember. And the reptilian conspiracy theory with Corey. Mm-hmm. Corey. Is that a Godzilla reference? Yeah. Yes. No, that's what the episode's about. It's it's about kaijus and the theories behind them and why they yeah. came into play. Yeah. Wow. Way to not listen to the archives. <laughs> Eric. <laughs> Eric's dead to me. So we're back to just me and Kylie. No, I'm kidding. In later interviews, Zanfreda said that when he would talk about these creatures, he gave different description. Like... They weren't that different. It's not like he was changing everything, but he would be like, oh, well, they were also kind of hairy. But like, you know, at that point, if you're seeing rippling green skin, adding a little hair to it, it's not like changing it a lot. He's not like it was Bigfoot hairy. Like he's just like, you know, it also had some green hair on it. It's not fur. It's just like mm, there's some hair there. Yeah, there's little dablets of hair. Uh, He said that they had more greenish skin. I mean, he would like change the color of the green. He said sometimes they had points on the side of their faces. They would have round fingertips. They had monstrous yellow triangular eyes and the weirdest one, red veins across their forehead. Yep. No, that's I don't like that one. Originally, Zanfreda said that he was super um, just like filled with shock and fear with the event, but he did manage to run away and he got back to his patrol car and then he saw a bright light in the sky floating behind him. Oh, I forgot to ask. Do you guys believe in this story? From what you've learned so far, I guess we'll do it from here. Do you believe in aliens, Eric? I believe that there are extraterrestrial things that are out in the universe, whether or not they're big and green and typical like this. Uh, So do you believe in skinwalkers? I don't know what that is. Whoa, Eric, you're so fucking dead to me. I don't think I've ever found something that Eric doesn't know. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa. Okay, Uh, Kylie, do you believe in this story from what you've so far heard? Well, I do believe in skinwalkers. No. no. And (laughs) I'm going through my theories, okay? I believe in reptilians and I believe in skinwalkers. So, so far, yeah, probably. Okay. 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 I know. I can imagine what a skin wearer would be. <laughs> no, this is. Oh my god! I think Eric's a fucking skinwalker. That's why he doesn't know what they are. He's like, oh I'm yeah, never heard of that. Mm. Oh my god! Fucking suspicious motherfucker. Could be too. I'm sus. This is actually. Yeah, I was gonna say me. it's a little sus. He crawled in from a fucking portal. So the fastest way to get there. <laughs> you guys all use portals. Who's the idiot now? It's just, you know, it's the easiest way. 
When this whole like bright light above his car came into play, he said that he looked up and he saw a massive triangular shape, which blinded him with its luminosity. He said it was really bright and it was so bright he had to put his arm over his eyes because it was blinding him and it looked similar to an eclipse. He said the next part of his body felt like it was being heated up entirely. Yeah, that's a little bright. Very bright. Um, Once Zan was safely in his car, he realized that he needed to tell someone about what was happening. So he tried to call his boss at the security company's center of operations in Genoa. Did you want to say Genovia? (laughs) Yep. Yep. (laughs) At this point, it was about 1215 a.m. And Carlo Tocolino. Yeah, probably. He was the security company's radio operator, and he said that Zanfredo was speaking in a confused tone and, like, literally mumbling over his own words, like, freaking out. Like, he wasn't speaking real words? Well, like, he was, but he was just, like, speaking so fast. He was, like, stumbling over his words. He sounded super stressed. And, like, it sounded like he was speaking in cursive. Okay. Um, Carlo said that Zan seemed almost incoherent because of how panic and stressed his tone was while talking about the weird creatures he saw. And Carlo asked if he thought that it could have just been people and he was confused. But Zanfreda said, no, they aren't men. They aren't men. My God, they are ugly. (laughs) Okay. That's one thing that he's just like. They're just ugly. They're, they're ugly. so ugly they can't be man. I'm so scared of ugly. Them because they're so ugly. <laughs> because they're I mean, he's, he's Italian, so he has a has a love for beauty. Mm, yes, I see what what you're doing here. Uh-huh. Mm, yes, yes. Yeah. Mm, beauty. <laughs> I sound sarcastic and I'm not. I was Do agreeing. You sound <laughs> Carlo hung up the phone and instead called the chief of security in the service. His name was Lieutenant Giovanni Casiva. Casiva? Yeah. Fuck. Why are there so many Italian words in this? I <laughs> fucked up. There was a bunch of Italians. <laughs> you know what? The, in Italy and stuff. <laughs> fucking why are they there? You know what the word Giovanni or the name Giovanni reminds me of? What? Do either of you? Oh, Pokemon. Oh, yeah, it's one of the gym leaders. Yeah. Was that? That's something Eric knows. <laughs> I don't know. It was in the first gen. He's the one that has per- the, the, Persian, the dog. The yeah. Persian one? Yeah. Persia? He's bad. He's bad guy. The upgraded. He's Team Rocket's boss. Oh, sorry. Spoiler alert. <laughs> okay. No, you think that I'm being funny right now saying that, but here's what happened. So there's this local man that we know. And his name is Nick. Mm -hmm. And Nick writes down everything in the world that pisses him off in a note on his phone. Now, if you make Nick's list, it's supposed to be like a bad thing. I'm on it quite quite a bit of times. Um, I'm on it one time because I put my chewed gum in his mouth during the movies and he didn't have the chance to spit it out. And so he's very upset. Uh, (laughs) I'm on it for other reasons. But the very first time I was on it, do you want to know what put me on the list? A spoiler from something. I put a spoiler for Death Note 10 fucking years after it came out. And he said, well, I hadn't had time to watch it yet, Athena. Now was he talking about the new movie one? Or no, the just the old OG? anime. I said L dies in the end. Because maybe he just hadn't seen the movie yet. No. Which if he watched the old anime, you wouldn't be surprised by anything. No. 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 
And yet also this man's one of his all time favorite movies is the live action cat in the hat. So I don't want to hear shit from Nick. <laughs> oh, cool. It's like cats, but you know, it has it had Taylor Swift in it. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> I wish you would have seen cats. I didn't see that. Yeah, I know. I wish you could have seen the look I just gave Eric when he said Taylor Swift's name. (laughs) It was very aggressive. Yikes. Okay. We won't go there. Back on track. We got this. Giovanni. Mm -hmm. So would you call him Gio if you knew him in real life or is Giovanni the vibe? No, I would call him Gio. Having a four syllable name would just become exhausting. I don't think I like Geo though. It sounds like a geode, like the rock. <laughs> like the Pokemon? Uh, yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, wait a second. They, just, they didn't make up fake names for all Pokemon. They just use nouns. What? What the heck? That one really took me by Or surprise. they just made things sound cooler by putting them backwards. Yeah. Yeah. Like uh, uh, Cobra. Archive? Yeah. Yeah. There's another one too, though. Uh, Ekans is snake backwards. That's what it is. That's what I'm thinking of. <laughs> Did you just learn that? <laughs> Jimmy taught me that. Oh, what just sound or Pidgey? It's like what was a pigeon? Yeah. Oh, I knew that one. Cause fuck then, that. Like, I don't put like bird Pokemon down. in my party. You, just, you like have a stutter when you say something. This is changing my whole theory of Pokemon. I feel like they were just really lazy. Oh well, oh, there's yeah, hundreds and hundreds of them, and now they don't have any of the like. I don't think they make sense anymore. Literally, in the newest generation, one of them was a ring of keys that floats in the air. Stop it. Yeah. So that was it called like Aros. Are okay. Was it called rock? <laughs> Probably something stupid. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, okay. I really am back on track. I'm sorry, everyone. You got this. Lieutenant Giovanni. Giovanni. Uh, <laughs> yeah, say it like that every time. I do. I would. You gotta I, do that. I would. You gotta do the mm, Italian. Ma- <laughs> I did do that. I did the Italian hand. So Gio was concerned due to the way that Zan was acting, and he decided that someone needed to be sent out to check on him. To wellness check on him. So he sent, keeps this in mind, Gio sent someone from the same company that Zan works for. Like he didn't call the authorities. He called more watchmen. Like, okay, it's not a big deal, but keep that kind of in mind because it's a little, little weird. Am I putting a pin in it? You might want to. Just like a little pin, though. Not, Not a big pin. Okay. Around 1 a.m., the next patrol unit gets there and they find Zanfretta. But his car. uh, Okay, so when they get there, okay, the car of the people arriving, they decided to have two people in it since Zan clearly had something happen and he was one person. They're like, okay, we'll send we'll send double the amount of people. So one times two would be two people. Right. All right. So Walter Loria and Ramondo Maschia. Uh, Masica? I don't know. Okay. Because, you know, it could be like Machia. Like, yeah. sh- oh, I like that one. <clears throat> that sounds like a type of cheese. Cheese. <laughs> mm, Machia. Mm. <laughs> like, like me some cheese. I love some me Masia some cheese. Machia. Masia. It's probably Masia. Mas- Masia. Okay. Remando Masia. <laughs> He arrived uh, and they found Zanfred on the ground and he was in front of the house and they got out. They inspected the backyard of the Riggy home. Zanfreda looked to be completely like immobilized in fear. 
And it wasn't until they started coming up to Zanfretta that they realized it. And they said that this was super weird because Zan was normally like super calm. He was actually kind of like a timid, shy guy. And he ended up still having his revolver out and he was acting super crazy, like not necessarily violent, but almost like he didn't trust the people coming up to him either. So the guards rushed over to him and they ended up disarming him because they were nervous with how he was acting kind of reckless and fearful. And he was pointing the gun at them at some points. So later, these guards mentioned that when they rushed over to Zan, they touched him, like obviously to disarm him, right? Like touching his like shoulders and arms. And when they did that, they said that his clothes felt really, really warm. Despite, 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 <laughs> despite the fact. I'm trying to, I like to take two or three words and make them one to go faster. It doesn't work. No, <clears throat> no. They said that he was super warm, despite the fact that he was laying on the cold, frozen ground. Creepy. Hmm. Still, I understand his fear, like. If you thought you saw an alien and then two random people that you weren't thinking were going to come out there. No, I'm just like thinking if I was out in my backyard with Saber or something and someone, something touched my shoulder and then I turned and saw said thing, I would be very scared. Mm, Yeah, no, that makes sense. You know, like, especially in the dark, you can't like quite see everything. And I have like literally thought of this so many times, but anytime that I take Saber out in the morning when I'm like before going to work, I don't have my glasses on. So I'm blind. So if something was coming at me, that's a pine tree. Yeah, no, seriously, if something was coming at me, I would be, I would be fucked because I can't see it. (laughs) Yeah, that makes sense, though. Actually, I get that. Be scary. Now, at the time, this seemed like a really big deal, and the two guys that came to Zanfreda's like rescue thought that it was not safe technically so they decided that because it was such a big deal and everything that they were actually going to call the police so they called the italian god i can't talk tonight at all it's too early or something they called the italian military police which is called the carabinieri Mm, that's wrong carabinieri Carabin- yeah, it sounds like a wine. Sounds delicious. Carabinieri. <laughs> to go with my cheese, the yeah. masha cheese. Masha cheese. <laughs> mm. It just looks like carabiner. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, carabiner. <laughs> That's why. Call I carabiner. Get <laughs> <Wait> out. <laughs> carabiner. That's the only thing that makes sense. The only thing that makes sense. Carabiner. The carabiner. Hey. Order me some carabinieri if I go to the <laughs> restaurant. It makes me think of crab. <laughs> uh, okay. So they were dispatched to the area and they were told that they had to investigate. That night, they found two distinct marks in the frost-covered grass behind that house. And they said that the imprints were odd-shaped because they were created probably by the triangular UFO landing gear. They were about nine feet in diameter and shaped like a horseshoe. The commandment, that's the wrong word. The commander of the Torregalia station named Antonio Nucci said that he, I know that one because Nucci is a mobster name. <laughs> you would know that one. I knew that one. I had a full on conversation about Al Capone today. <laughs> so Nucci said that he believed Zan's story. When asked the opinion of the mental stability of uh, Zanfreda, Nucci answered, 
I can state with certainty that he is a clear thinking man with no strange fantasies in his head. When we went to investigate the scene the next day, he almost didn't want to come. He was so scared. Only something exceptional could have frightened him so. Also, Nucci and Zanfretta knew each other for like multiple years and like had worked kind of like side by side and stuff. So this was a big deal that Nucci was like standing up for him because Nucci was well respected. Isn't that like a conflict of interest, though? Uh, I mean, let me let me say they knew each other for multiple years and stuff in a co-worker sense. They weren't like, but a buddy. Gotcha. OK. During the investigation, Nucci revealed that no less than 52 other Torregalia citizens had reported seeing bright illuminations from the direction of the Riggy home that uh, same night at the exact same time that Zanfreda had testified to seeing a UFO. 52 people. Mm-hmm. That's a bit. That's a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> you know what that reminds me of? And I'm going to fuck this up, but it's not wrong. It's just not right. So someone can come for me if they want. Okay. Do you remember the dancing town? No. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? No. Where like it was Close. in <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Bacon in this Kevin Bacon. <laughs> um, I think it was in like France or Italy, and everyone just started dancing and never like I, I don't know if they danced to death. Let me let, Is this Hocus Pocus 2? I haven't seen that one. Okay, no, this is a real thing. I'm not crazy. It's called the Dancing Plague of 1518. So plague. (laughs) It was a dance mania that occurred in Strasbourg, which is modern day France, near the Holy Roman Empire from July 1518 to September 1518. But somewhere between 50 to 400 people took place where they just danced for weeks on end. And it like broke out and people couldn't figure out why they were dancing or what uh, what started it, what happened. Hmm. One single woman started to dance and then slowly a bunch of people did. And uh, they do say that some people died due to like overheating and different things like that. And there's a bunch of controversy that exists over the whole thing about if people truly danced to their death or if maybe that while they were all in such close proximity while dancing, there was a plague or something else, because supposedly anywhere of up to 15 people did die and have some sort of like a fatality during that time. Wow. Yeah, I'm not crazy. There really Sounds is a awesome. dancing it's to like, the death thing. That's your kind of way to go. Dance for two months straight. Yeah, sweet. You want to get everybody else in on this? Let's do it. So, you said July to December. Se- no, July, July to September. September. Oh, okay. I was like. So July, August, September. So like three months of dancing. Hey, if you only lose 15 people, I say that's. Yeah, only. I guess that must be appropriate losses for that kind of commitment. I mean, clearly they couldn't cut it. Survival of the fittest at that point. I guess so, yeah. yeah. So that's what I bring to the table, Eric. I got useless shit up in this <laughs> noggin. <laughs> like, I don't know why someone needs to know about the dancing plague of 1518, but I got you. 1518. God, so long ago. That was such a useless fact that I have stored up there. And I don't know where the fuck I got that one, but I have it. Well, anyways, um, this reminds me of that because it's kind of just like that theory of like, if one person sees it, okay, that's weird. If two people see it, all right, whatever. If three people, okay, five, five, seven, eight, twelve, what? Like the more you get, it's kind of like, it's so unreal that it's more believable. Yeah. Like an unreal explanation has to be the only real explanation. Right. So yeah, 52 people all report shit. So the story should have ended there, right? Like we should be done with the episode. Cool. We're done. That's the end. But then there was this big frenzy that occurred in the, in the village of Tor, Tor, 
God, I just want to say Tortuga. Tortuga. Torgalia? That's what I think Torriglia. I've been saying. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> um, and a bunch of press started to come out and like we're covering the sensationalism of what's happening. So a bunch of news and media reports started flooding in about UFOs, aliens, and paranormal events that took place that night in that area. Now, one thing that made people start to maybe believe that the encounter could have been true was that Zanfretta really didn't want to be known as the alien guy or like the abduction guy. And he like really, really didn't want this to be like his legacy. And we all know, like the more the people like don't kind of care about talking about it and wanting to hear about it, it makes it a little bit more believable. Yeah. Well, he said he didn't want any sort of fame or attention after the event because he was a husband and a father of two children and he put his name, job and reputation on the line. And he just was like, you know, like, I, I just want to I just want to be done. Like it happened. Normal. It's done. Yeah. want to go back to normal. But then don't wait or do wait. The, but here, wait, there's, there's more. Yeah. <laughs> Less coming. Wait. That's not it. I fucked up my own line. But wait, there's more. <laughs> but wait, don't wait. So December 23rd, 1978, Zanfretta had agreed to undergo hypnosis in order to hopefully remember more. And he wanted to try to see if he could figure out if there was more details of the event that he like repressed. I love how the next sentence is exactly what I was literally about to say. It was similar to Betty and Barney Hill. Yeah. Yep. Because he figured that if he undergoes hypnosis, it will trigger these memories to flood back. This hypnosis session was held in Genoa. 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 And it was presided over by Dr. Morio Moretti. He was a psychotherapist and member of the Italian Association of Medical Hypnosis. During the session, Zanfretta confirmed that not only had he seen beings from another world, but that they actually abducted him that night. Ooh. So now it went from I saw aliens to I was abducted by aliens. That's just so scary to think about because you're like, yeah, I saw them. Yeah, I saw them. Yeah, I saw them. Fuck, they abducted me at that point. (laughs) Well, and he's saying all that while awake. And now all of a sudden he's like no longer in control of his body. And that's when he says, you know, like it's it's sus. Right. He claimed the E.T. creatures had transported him into a hot, luminous location where they examined and interrogated him. He said the creatures did not speak Italian, but they used a strange luminous device to translate what they were saying. Zanfretta recalls memories of talking to the creatures and asking questions. He described a unique mechanical tool that fit over their mouths, which allowed them to breathe. And he said he did ask them about this mechanism. He didn't really get answers, but he asked them. Also during the hypnosis, Zanfretta claimed that the creatures told him that they came from a planet called Titonia, which was located in the third galaxy. And that they wanted to talk with us and will soon return in larger numbers. Creepy. Sounds. When soon? (laughs) I was actually going to say, hearing soon from an alien is like super sketchy, though, because. Yeah. In space, obviously, everything has a different time. Like one rotation for our planet is obviously a different rotation from another planet. So what the fuck is soon? Mm -hmm. And how long have they been around? (laughs) Yeah, it's probably not. Yeah, it's probably around for years. couple thousand years like right. they've been around for billions they'd be like yeah we'll be around soon especially if they're in the third galaxy like a couple hundred years that's yeah yeah so this was the first of what would become numerous encounters abductions and different hypnosis claims that Zanfretta has to go through so the next one on december 26th around 11 45 p.m the night was rainy and while Zanfretta was out patrolling he said he got abducted once again So during this one, so 
even though it's in the middle of December, it is this cold, rainy night and it's like super bad. Everyone talks about that. And he says that he only kind of saw what was about to happen because he was in a tunnel that kind of like leads through the story. So he was driving. He didn't see anything because at first everyone was like, well, why didn't you see the aliens at first? By the time he got to the Bragagali tunnel near the Scofera Pass, he suddenly lost control of his vehicle and it seemed like he was it, that the vehicle was driving itself. It turned into Herbie fully loaded. Zan said that he was trying to use the brakes, but nothing worked and that the vehicle just kept moving and accelerating. When the vehicle came to a stop, it was a Fiat, by the way. Fiat? Is that how you pronounce that? Fiat? 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 Okay. Fiat? Fiat? Is it Fiat or Fiat? I I, 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 I would say, say Fiat. Fiat. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. So when the Fiat <laughs> came to a stop at the top of an incline, uh, Zan was thrown forward and he was shocked by the instant stop, hit his head against the steering wheel and was um, in shock. <clears throat> when he lifted his head up, he said he saw the entire car was basking in a white bright light that emitted a sort of heat again, similar to the first time. At this point, the security company radio operator claimed that Zanfretta called in again to the same company. And so like he called his work and he told him the car stopped. I saw a bright light. Now I'm getting out. Oh, OK. Always a good idea. Always a good idea. Around 1 10 a.m., another set of security guards found Zanfretta again. So, again, they sent out their own co-workers, not like policemen, policemen or anything. Mm -hmm. Again, a little odd. This time, one of the officers that was called out was a sergeant, though. It was Sarjul. 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 <laughs> it was Sergeant Emmanuel Trevenzoli. Sounds <laughs> mm. <laughs> I think that's right. Yeah. yeah it sounds great. Yeah. He was reported to the scene and he said that he saw Zanfredi. <laughs> <laughs> I was just getting excited typing Zanfredi. now. Zanfredi. <laughs> Zanfredi wop up in here. <laughs> he saw Zanfreda in a field near the road. And even though it was cold and rainy, Zanfreda was warm and dry, even while being outside the vehicle. Hmm. Travenzoli said that Zanfreda seemed like he was in a state of shock. Once again, the Carabinieri authorities were called in after the original people came out. So keep in mind. They They're could, second on the scene. They could just call them from the start. Okay. All yeah. right. Whatever. Not my, not my monkeys, not my circus. After they arrived on the scene, the military officers found that even though the Fiat had been exposed <laughs> to the rain. Sorry, I'm a little bitter about that word. <laughs> Why? I don't know. It just looks like it says English Fiat. Man? Yeah. Okay. Even though the Fiat was exposed to the rain, the roof of the car was dry. And it was hot, as if it had been baking in the sun all day. The officers claimed that the interior also was as hot as an oven. Hmm. The military police discovered that the Fiat was surrounded, <laughs> I'm sorry, by, by large boot prints measuring 20 inches long and 8 inches wide. It's super weird, though, because like when you think of aliens, you think of cold. Or you think of like... Like that cold ice. metal, yeah. Yeah, you think of mm -hmm. like ice cold metal. Not so it's Shrek super. Swamp Monsters. Yeah. Didn't <laughs> so it's so Shrek. Yeah. Got it. <laughs> Shrek, he teleported him to swamp, their swamp. Right. <laughs> Talk to him. The big footprints, uh, they end up 
being one of the craziest things that they say as far as physical evidence left at the scene of any of these events because they had a distinct bare spot between the sole and the heel and they were just so large. When the and because everyone also saw him, the carabinieri, the sergeant and Zanfretta, like everyone saw it. So when the carabinieri came out and they saw Zanfretta's revolver gun, they said it was actually fired five times that night. But when they asked Zanfretta, he said he had no idea when or who he would have fired the weapon at. The authorities put this into the records, though, and put it in the report because they thought that at this point they had more questions than answers. And they were like, so we'll file a report. And that means eventually we'll find the answers to it. Right. Like, is that how that works? <laughs> oh, shit. Um, <laughs> this has nothing to do with anything except for it is true crime related. Uh-huh. Uh, the John Bonet Ramsey house is for sale. I think I knew that. For seven million dollars. That's a lot. That's crazy. Do you know anything about actual true crime? No. Oh, well, John Bonet Ramsey, uh, I want to say it was in like 1992. She was a young girl under the age of four and she was brutally potentially raped and or murdered in her house. And a lot of people think it could have been done by either her older brother, father, family, something like that. And it was done either the day before of or after Christmas. And it was like when they had like a Christmas party at the house. And some people think it could have been like one of the Santa impersonators and stuff. It's a very controversial case. And still to this day, it's never been solved. Mm-hmm. The house it happened in is for sale now. That's crazy. crazy. That's all. Is it worth millions or is it millions it's a, because? Oh, no, no. It's a it's a mansion. I mean, okay. it, I know it has eight bathrooms for a fact. Okay. I want to say it only has five or six bedrooms. And I want to say maybe the square footage is anywhere between three to six thousand at least. Huh. So. Okay. But I know it has eight bathrooms. You can quote me on that. Well, this house is a little (laughs) less than three thousand square feet. So it's probably bigger than closer to the eight than probably. I just can't think of for some reason what it would be. Yeah. Okay. Again, useless knowledge. I got you. I just want to go on Jeopardy or something. Yeah, but then that's when you're going to get all of the answers you have for all of the questions you have no idea. Yeah, I know. It's uh, like true crime for 500, please. Right. No, I got a lot of other useless (laughs) shit up in there. Trust me. Mammals with four knees for 500, please. Four knees. What is elephants? (laughs) Did you know koalas have split dicks? Are we talking about screw penises and butts again? I like. I'm telling you, I got some weird shit up there. Sounds. What is it? Penisly. Yeah. Yeah. Penisly speaking. Penisly speaking. Uh, You're right. Yeah. And I want to say the females have two vaginas due to this. Also. That makes sense. But they only technically have one working reproductive system at a time, or something like this. All right. So funny story about that, though. You guys want to know why I know all those facts? I don't know if I want to know. I was reading a smut book about Harry Styles and the girl was like, hey, do you want to hear a random fact? And Harry Styles goes, yeah, what is it? And that's what she tells him. And then you Google only thing I remember about the book. Yeah, I did actually Google it because I was like, did the author just put this in here for the fucks of it? (laughs) No, she didn't. It's true. Okay, back on track. The Carabinieri and they are there. So they form that report, right? They do. Mm-hmm. They do all their due diligence. I mean, they're kind of doing better in this than some police officers yeah. do with murder cases, especially cannibalistic ones. Oh, 
We did get a thank you saying that we warned people that that, that episode had no happy ending. Yeah. Eric wouldn't know because he doesn't listen to the archives. <laughs> <laughs> so there's that. Shots fired oh. at Skinwalker. <laughs> Morbid did listen. Morbid was my favorite Canadian that I said at the beginning. Mm-hmm. She did listen and she was like, yeah, I used to uh, frequent the Greyhound. And then after that happened, she did, she did not do that anymore. Uh, did you tell her that you didn't know poutine was Canadian? Eh? Uh, Corey did. Oh, good, good. <laughs> but yes. So and then she gets it at freaking McDonald's. Yeah, you can get poutine at McDonald's. Oh, I don't like the way you say poutine. Poutine, you get real. I was exaggerating. <laughs> you can get poutine at McDonald's in Canada. Like I was. <laughs> you sound American as fuck. I was exaggerating okay. for that reason. <laughs> okay, all right, America, calm down over there. In your Fiat. <laughs> Fiat. Yeah. Who am I to talk? <laughs> what did Corey not? Oh, the way I say. Encounters. No, fuck. Encounters. Yeah, you said it a little so. Sanford Encounters. Encounters. That's okay. I hung out with a friend the other night and I said, Yeah, that band's going on tour. No. And he's like, They're doing a what? It's like they're going on yeah, tour. Curse light, too. Yeah, <laughs> That's what he did. Going on tour with the curse. He made me sit there and say it like 20 <laughs> times and he's like, Tour. Tour. <laughs> You're still saying it wrong. I, I still can't say it right, but yeah, apparently I don't know that word. Didn't know I didn't know that word till I didn't know it. So fuck. you said you said roof earlier. The roof? <laughs> like on top of your house? Yeah, like your dog goes roof roof. <laughs> like your dog goes roof <laughs> and roof. And then rough. you build a rough roof on your roof. <laughs> Silly dogs. Roofs are kids. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> Ruffs. I don't think I'm saying it wrong. You, okay. Saying it weird. What what way? Cool whip. Wow, I feel kind of attacked tonight. Damn. <laughs> Damn. Fiat. <laughs> so the Carabinieri, they informed the Italian Department of Interior and other military commands of what happened that night, the incident, and what they told them about is the December 8th first initial thing, but then they told them about the December 28th second thing that both happened in 1978. So only like 20 days apart. They're like, that's crazy. That happened. I thought it was December 6th. Did it? And I just fucked up. <laughs> well, yep. it, was, it was a month, you know, yep. from your birthday. Yeah. So it was December 6th. That was me just fucking up. My bad. So good. Well, you know, I gotta make I mistakes. I just wanted to make sure I wasn't thinking of a different event. No, you're good. I just like to make mistakes every so often. Yeah, See if you so. are listening or not. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it'll be great for trivia night. <laughs> great. <laughs> Can't wait. So excited. So exciting. Here, Kylie, let's do a trivia real quick. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Who was the man who was abducted while working in the forest with his friends slash coworkers and they just left him? Travis. Travis what? This is the plot to Stranger Things. Travis. <laughs> Travis. Walton, the Walton. fire in the sky episode. All I could think of was Parker. Yeah, I, and I, I was knew like, it was wrong. Parker. I knew it was wrong. Okay, I'm not going to look this one up because I think I know it off the top of my head, but I might have to look it up if I'm wrong. What was Betty and Barney Hill's dog's name? Shit. And what type was it? It was a sh- Shih Tzu, wasn't nope. it? It's a small dog. It's my favorite small dog. 
Is that Shiba Inu? No. Um, <laughs> wiener. Yep, the it wiener. was a wiener dog. Um, Dora. I don't fucking remember. I want to say it's Delphi. Delphi. Is that right? I remember the D. I am. <laughs> Get your ass out of the gutter. <laughs> I was going to sit over here and just make projecting laughter. Yeah, Delphi. Wow, look at this go. Okay. See, I was close with Dora. I knew. I knew. I'm not gonna say it again. You knew where the D went. <laughs> at least started with it. At least <laughs> a lot of things start with the D. Oh God! All right. So <clears throat> if we haven't given you guys enough random facts tonight, I have a random fact that actually works with this story for the first time. So, in December of 1978, there were so many UFO sightings across it- Italy that Falco Acom Acame Acame. That's what I was gonna say, and it seems wrong. Acame Acame. See, that's what it sounds <laughs> like. Definitely right, sounds Japanese. He's Italian. <laughs> Definitely a, sounds Japanese. There's no other way to say that. No. So he was the former member of the Italian parliament, and he asked both of Italy's premiers, which was Giulio Andrati, and who was the minister of defense, and Attilio Ruffini. Oh, God. To inform the Italian Congress about their opinion concerning the nature of the recent UFO sightings and what threats they could pose to the citizens of Italy. So, like, during that month, not just Sanfreda was reporting, but so many people throughout all of Italy were reporting UFO sightings that the literal, like, essentially president and all of his little buddies from the, <laughs> the world in Italy were like, hey, we should do something about this. Well... We don't know what to do, so let's not. Like, that's how hmm. this was. A, like, they don't know how to uh, move forward. So. It, and it's kind of crazy because you don't usually hear openly um, about militaries talking about um, those things unless they're talking yeah. about how they 100% do not exist. So it's kind of crazy that they're like hey, it does exist. Should we say something or, or, or maybe no, no. Okay. Probably not. All right. Well, and including the 52 people that saw this specific event happen. Yeah. That's a lot of people already. So in one area, like that's a lot. Yeah. Hmm. So on January 3rd, 1979. Uh, okay. All data that was in this case was collected by the commander. I commanded. Okay. I've typed commandant every time. Commandant. Yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> I thought I was fucking stupid. And I don't know how to type commander. <laughs> yeah, commandant's a word. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Huh. So the commandant, Nucci, he reported it all under a file labeled. Report of the sighting of unidentified flying objects by Fortunato Zanfretta. Again, with the with the with the titles. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're really good at it. So speaking of January 3rd, um, that would be a Capricorn time. Mm-hmm. Do you want to know whose birthday that is? I got it. I know it. I know whose birthday that is. Whose birthday is that? Uh, well, actually, wait. <laughs> That's saying- Mel Gibson's birthday. But more importantly. That's uh, Florence Pugh's birthday from Don't Worry Darling, who oh. made out with Harry Styles. Of course. Connected. 
There it is. Yeah, takes three steps. So that's a that's a thing for you. That's a fact from me to you. More facts. Mm -hmm. Mel Gibson. Mel Gibson also. There's that one. This file was forwarded to the magistrate's court in Genoa with the inquiry as to what actions should be taken. And again, nothing happened. But after a while, they kept passing it off to a bunch of people. And then the report was delivered to the magistrate, Mr. Russo, who on January 11th, 1980, certified that it could be filed away with the declaration, no crimes committed. So after all that, it still got filed as pretty much like, Nothing went wrong. This is, yeah, this is not And a if thing. you don't realize how far apart those dates are, like, the event happened in December of 1978. In 1979, they sent the reports in to, like, try to officialize them. I don't know if officialize is a word, but fuck it. And then it wasn't until a whole year after that, in January 1980, that they were like, yeah, it's nothing. So, yeah. Didn't move very fast. No. Zanfretta's employers became alarmed at the publicity that was following the alien encounters and just Zanfretta in general because they were nervous it would impact his mental health and well-being because of how people were like portraying that he might be kind of crazy, you know? Right. So they sent him to a neurologist, Dr. Giorgio Giannotti, and he was supposed to examine Zanfretta. In the end, his diagnosis was the man is in a state of shock, but he is perfectly sane. Because the man is shocked <laughs> about all of these events, but he's good. His multiple abductions, but <laughs> he's fine. It's fine. <laughs> and because of this, Dr. Giannotti was like well known as a neurologist. And so with him saying this, it made people think that the credibility of Zanfretta's like craziness was actually not craziness and now credible again. Once again, Zanfretta decided that the best way to go about making people believe him would be to undergo some hypnosis. So this time it was under the supervision of Dr. Moretti, but same guy, actually. I don't know why I said this time, but but this time they consented to the event being televised because they were like, we'll let everyone see you're not a crazy person. That's kind of a lot. Yeah, it didn't work. I'll just give you the hint. Yikes. <laughs> after he was, well, he was still under hypnosis. And after he told the story about like the weird panel thing, he later tried to describe it and he was like, I think they were testing it and like shooting that gun at the panel to see like how harmful bullets could be to see if they could kill them. Does that make sense? Like, like, like kill them, meaning alien. Yeah. Them meaning the aliens. Okay. So they were like, Ooh, what does this do? But we don't want to shoot ourselves. We'll shoot something in the room. Zanfretta then expressed fear over the fact that he might be required to leave his home and his family behind. He said this to the aliens. He said, I know that you need me, but I don't want to. I like to be alone. I have two children. I feel good this way. And after all, you are not human beings. You are horrible. Okay. You are horrible. You are horrible. That's a good uh, intergalactic You don't even know me. Earlier he's like, they're ugly. Uh, And now he's like, they're horrible. All right. You fairy tale creatures can't live in my swamp. (laughs) Well, you're horrible. So (laughs) we don't want to be here. And you know how I said, you know how I said that like this got televised so that it would like help him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So hundreds of thousands of people viewed it. Oh, no. Absolutely. I mean, I would not miss something like that. Yeah. And everyone was like, so that's fake. (laughs) So all of a sudden, all these skeptics came out and they were like questioning everything he said and done. And then eventually, luckily for him, the story started to die down. Well, that's good. But then he was abducted a third time. (laughs) Okay. So it got brought back up again. That's so like not common. 
girl, you don't just wait. Okay. <laughs> on the night of July 30th, 1979, Zanfretta was on a motorcycle patrol this time. So swapped out the car. He's like, fuck it. It's this fucking car. I need the motorcycle. <laughs> yeah. The car was the bad luck. Clearly <laughs> he was in the residential area of Quarto of Genoa when he was once again abducted. Once again, some guards showed up. Guards, not police, the guards from mm-hmm. where he worked. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. I'm just, just pointing out, pointing yeah. out saying some things. Mm-hmm. They found him in a frantic stadium. Once again, they say hypnosis will help. So this time it's performed at the International Center of Medical and Psychological Center for Hypnosis in Milan. At least he's getting a free vacation. Right. At this point, Zanfretta was injected with sodium penthol, which uh, most people call a.k.a. the truth serum. Mm-hmm. And it was done by Professor Marco Marchesian. And while under the truth serum and using its effects, Zanfretta claimed that he was lifted from the ground into the alien spaceship by a mysterious green light. Very suspicious. At least it wasn't televised this time. <laughs> he learned his lesson. <laughs> right. Following the procedure, Professor Marchesian claimed that no human being could knowingly lie while under pen- penthol treatment. So it's a probable thing that Zanfretta did have these encounters. Hmm. But don't worry, the story doesn't end there. <laughs> but wait, there's more. There's so much more. On Sunday, December 2nd, 1979, around 10.30 p.m., Zanfretta disappeared for the fourth time. He was driving in, uh, in Austin, many, in the suburbs of Genoa, and he was um, abducted. Yep. Okay. But so wait. that's four. Yeah. Okay. The plot thickens. <clears throat> so even though he was abducted, he wasn't like totally alone. Okay. Like he was, but he wasn't. I'll explain. So while driving in the hills of Genoa, he was searching or people were searching for Zan. There were four patrol guards this time. And they claimed that while Zan was during the time he was supposedly being abducted, they claimed they all very clearly saw a very strange cloud-like object floating above them. And suddenly there were two beams of light that were emanating from the large cloud that were illuminating the patrol cars below, and then their vehicles stopped dead. So this time, at least, Zan wasn't alone in seeing things. Mm, Concurrently stopped dead. Mm -hmm. All at the same time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And one of those people was that chief lieutenant that I talked about earlier, Kasiba. Kasiba? Yep. Yep. And the others left their, uh, him and the others left their vehicles to go inspect more. And they became so frightened by the sight before them that they ended up shooting their guns at the UFO. And they said that at that point, the lights turned off and the UFO flew away as if they scared it away. But remember earlier, Zanfretta supposedly shot the gun and Mm -hmm. okay, all right, all right, you know, you do you. One of the guards from that night, this is really sad trigger warning, by the way, guys. One of the guards from that night, Germano Zanadari, was so traumatized by the event and what he had seen that night that he said he could never fully recover his mental stability. And a few months after the encounter, he actually um, ended his own life with a self-inflicted gunshot wound to the head. Wow. And he blamed it on this event. That kind of makes me like believe believe it more. Yeah. The next encounter, because there's more. Of course. There's more. The next encounter was on Monday, December 3rd, around 930 p.m. Zanfretta got out of his patrol car and he was at a self-service gasoline station near downtown Genoa, where he claimed that he heard someone calling out to him. He walked around the gas station, said he saw a tall humanoid figure with a bald egg shaped head. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> who was dressed in a checkered suit suit that included a chest plate made of steel where his shirt should have been. Wait. 
I'm so confused. Yeah, there's a lot taken in that sentence. He was dressed in a checkered suit. So is that like a one piece bodysuit or is he in like a uh, Harry Styles looking suit where it's like (laughs) fancy as fuck? I don't know. Your guess is but as good no as mine. no undershirt because he just had a steel, a steel chest plate with right. a checkered suit over it. Is it like, so okay, like, wait, this ch- like, steel chest plate, does it look like a bulletproof vest just made of steel? That's kind of what I'm picturing. And then I'm picturing a, a suit suit, like not a jumpsuit. Yeah. Like yeah. I'm picturing. With like a coat and all? Yes. Because then you can see the God, chest plate. God, this sounds awful. And he has a bald egg shaped head. Men in black? <laughs> Yeah. Whew, this is a lot to take in this figure. This is no longer Shrek. No longer Shrek. No. There's no green to be seen. None. Ooh, that rhymed. Good job. Thanks. Hey, back to the cat in the hat. <laughs> Full circle. So Zanfretta swore that the sound of the creature's voice had controlled him and his actions, even though he didn't say it was telepathic, which that's the only way that would have worked. But okay. The voice told him to drive his vehicle into a small cloud that was just hovering above the ground. Hmm. And that once he was within the area, his patrol car and him were lifted into the UFO. So this time they're just taking the whole car. (laughs) What makes him so special? (laughs) It's apparently something. I don't know. The alien creatures allowed Zan to walk around this time and take in his surroundings while on board of the UFO. Oh, he's getting special treatment now. Special. We're friends. He's their special human friend. They're like, well, this is your fifth time. You get a punch card and you get to walk around. (laughs) You get a free tour. (laughs) That was so rude. What? You said the word. Oh, did you not realize you said oh, the word? <laughs> oh, okay. Because I kept saying coors earlier. Coors. You, you live your life over there, Eric, with a K. <laughs> Zanfreda claimed that he saw large transparent cylinders filled with a weird blue liquid and that one of the cylinders was said to have contained a frog-shaped body that the aliens explained was an enemy of ours from another planet. And then in two other cylinders, Zanfreda observed a large bird-like creature and then another one that was a humanoid type creature that he described looking kind of like a caveman. In my head, Mm -hmm. I'm imagining, and this is again coming full (laughs) circle, that scene in the Pokemon movie in Mewtwo's lair when he's creating the other Pokemon and there's like the tubes, Mm -hmm. which if you don't know, guys, there's an error in the movie right then where they're naming the Pokemon, but it's just like the shadow of them. And I don't remember which Pokemon picture it is, but either the picture is like someone and they say Scyther and it's not Scyther or the picture is Scyther and they say someone else. Hmm. But it's an error. And I noticed it as a child and I yelled really loud in the movie theater and I got in trouble. (laughs) So the more you know. Bad you. Bad me. I got in trouble for really stupid shit when I was a child or like the time I got banned from Barnes and Nobles in Florida for screaming at the guy that created a series of unfortunate events. <sighs> I was a little rambunctious. I love those books. though. I do, too. But he uses a he uses Lemony Snicket, right? I was too young to understand that. Oh, Dan yeah. was Lemony Snicket. So I went to a book signing and then he signed my book, the word fucking Dan. And I was like, you're a fucking fake. You're a fraud. <laughs> and I started screaming in this Barnes and Nobles as a child. And I was like crying and I got escorted out. I was like seven. I got escorted out by security and I got banned from fucking Barnes and Nobles in Florida. At seven years old. I think I'm on ban now, but I'm not going to take the risk. <laughs> they wouldn't know. I, I was kidding. I'm <laughs> obviously not banned. <laughs> 
Jesus Christ. You're banned. <laughs> Excommunicado. Only from Florida, though. State of Florida. That also makes sense. Yeah, that does make sense. I could have been a Florida story. Damn. 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 So close. Damn. So close. Now, around this time, the mystifying beings had attempted to give Zanfretta a transparent sphere. And it was like a gift that they were going to give him. Right. And it appeared to be an electrically charged um, gift because it had like this electrically charged pyramid inside it. So the aliens claimed that by utilizing this sphere... It would enable humans to begin to comprehend um, like what we were, what they were, how they live, like space, like different things like that. Right. Well, Zanfred is like, yeah, no, I don't want the gift. Like, I can't take it. And he said, I've had enough of these strange encounters. I just want to go back to my normal life. OK, but the creatures are like, no, 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 no. you have to take it, actually. And the reason why is because you need to give this sphere to this guy um, we'll give you the name of him. Give it to him. He'll know what to do with it. And they tell him the name and it's a name he's never heard before. And it ends up being J. Allen Hynek, like the guy, J. Allen Hynek, which, OK, normal person right now that's listening to aliens is like, oh, shit, son. And Kylie's like, OK. Yeah. I'm like, who? <laughs> yeah. OK, so Dr. J. Allen Hynek is big in the UFO community because he's a dick. Uh and he's an american scientist and ufo researcher so zanfredo was supposed to give this to heineck right but he ended up not doing that and he said he instead hid the object somewhere in the hills near genoa that's never been found convenient convenient now zanfredo disappeared again Uh again Uh on february 14th 1980 valentine's day that's because he just didn't have a gift for his wife yeah. <laughs> he should have just given her the sphere. Yeah. <laughs> right. He was again found by his colleagues uh-huh. at the same place again. Uh-huh. And he was found in a state of shock, suffering from mild hypothermia this time. So this is the one time where he's not like wet. I mean, he's not warm like all the other times. It was kind yeah. of odd. A villager living nearby stated that minutes before the rescuers arrived, though, that he also said he saw a huge light in the sky. During the next hypnosis session, Dr. Moretti found Zanfretta to be uncharacteristically uncooperative, which like up until this point had never happened. Right. And he said while hypnotized, Zanfretta was claiming to try to contact the aliens and began speaking in odd unknown languages. So they like cut their session short. (sighs) Number 11. (laughs) Zanfretta vanished again on August 13th, 1980, or at least he almost did. So this time he was under close observation and he did go missing for a moment, but he was found very fast because at this point people were watching him. And he said that even though he was abducted, the aliens couldn't contact him because people were watching him. Yeah. Or okay. So that is the Zanfretta encounter. Encounters. (laughs) Tours. Yeah. (laughs) so do you guys believe him see here's the thing i believe i'm like yes and then i'm like well no and yeah Yeah. no it's so back and forth i believe parts but every single thing every single encounter involved other people too you know they're like oh yep i saw a light oh yep i saw a light like okay it's also the fact that some of these people are so well known that it's like giving it more credit even, you know? Mm-hmm. 
I don't know. I don't know. Eric, what do you say? Is it real or not? I I don't know. There's some there's some stuff that's said that like science can kind of science out like like EMPs are normal things that can happen. Cars turning off or like not even to say that it's true or not, but like if they're aliens with higher tech, like a non-nuclear EMP would be wonderful. Uh, that could be definitely something that they could have. Uh, being really hot, uh, just a weapon in war that I don't think we've ever used, but just a microwave can sell. They're using crowd control. Uh, it just makes you feel hot because it kind of makes you feel like you're in a microwave. So like <laughs> those feelings that he had are like tech that is out and around. But was um, it around in 1978? Uh, yeah, because I think the Nazis actually started with stuff like that. Okay, so speaking of Nazis. Oh, God. <laughs> you opened Pandora's box. Okay, so actually, okay. Around the time, if you will, of this, there was some things being done about potential heat and gamma and uh, like radiation themed things that they were attempting to see if they could use with... Uh, different types of aircraft because it had to do with the operation paperclip type stuff in the archives guys. So that is crazy that you brought that up and I want to talk about it so much, but I don't, I don't think that's my best option here. It's a lot, but I just want you to know that I'm very impressed that you brought that up in this moment. And it's weird having a person that's on the same wavelength as me right now. (laughs) And I'm so sorry to you about that. Continue on. It kind of is an insult. I will be honest. (laughs) Um, so like there's stuff like that obviously like airplanes were invented at this point uh, a lot of I like hearing about UFO stuff because a lot of the times like like you said the military has a lot of stuff that we fly around that makes lights that has stuff like that so uh, obviously I can't speak to anything ridiculous because they don't even in the military they don't talk to us about that but obviously there's things that we want to fly that we don't want people to know about and people are going to see them. So like UFOs are like usually commonly talked away by just being like, hey, it was some sort of experimental thing. That it was a weather balloon. Weather <laughs> balloons were well, well, well fitted with those nowadays uh, with all of the, the cool weather balloon invasions. Um, Kylie, what 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 alien encounter is the weather balloon? I don't remember. I can't remember what it's called. Do you actually know? No, a lot of the stuff in Roswell usually yes. ends up being. Uh, I've you. been to the the archives down there. It's a fun town. Um, <laughs> but yeah, is that so, the one where the McDonald's are shaped like UFOs? UFOs, yeah. I want to go there so fucking yeah, we bad. Need to go cool. there. Yeah, no, oh. we went down there for uh, a trip for the military, and we were just using this the airspace that they had. But it's. Do you love cool. how Midwestern say fur instead of four? Fur. For yeah, we I were down there first. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it started really good. I liked it's weird that his I mean, my limited knowledge of UFO stuff, that he doesn't go with the same like just normal, really thin, gangly, big egg shape head people. Like these the fact that they're like these big creatures and not these little creatures, which makes it a little bit more unique, uh, which I do enjoy. And just the different encounters, not just like um, there was one encounter you were hypnotized and then yeah and then on, it, yeah. it is interesting that they they use that hypnosis to tr- like pull that out of him but he has like such specific experiences like that match up with what happened like they took my gun and they shot it five times 
and they were trying to like you know they were testing the, the kind of weapons that we had capable um and then it just near the end it just kind of keeps going off and off and it almost just seems like it seems like he's trying to have these encounters because he might be like losing his he might losing actually it. want the notoriety at this point yeah and he's reaching out for it and he's trying to get it and people like you said like people are now kind of keeping an eye on him and which that's the thing in the beginning yeah he was so adamant about like i don't want that to happen but that's where it hits for me also is because i feel like the first time he was hypnotized he kind of was like it seemed almost like he was also kind of skeptical because he's just like, you know, like I went, I was there, whatever. But then towards the middle, it's just like he's like, so I went and got hypnotized again. And, and you know, they did true storm. They did that. He doesn't right. even like object to it. He doesn't. And I mean, there could be things that we don't know. But at the same time, it's almost like he just expects that to happen. Yeah, it's like then, then it was on TV. Like that was his peak. Yeah, it's on TV. And then and then everything happened after TV. And it was just like. All downhill from there, it almost seems like well, he his mental started, state probably went started to like scratch at being yeah. like, oh, I need I need to get another high from having one of these encounters and you know people asking me questions and because they they did get more intricate like pretty soon he's having like a tour of their spaceship and hanging <sighs> out with them and they gave him a tesseract to you know give to some <laughs> other alien dude uh, and so I mean. Yeah. Yeah. I don't I I it's a good story. Wow. I don't know. That was a more in-depth answer than Kylie has ever given me. <laughs> I don't know if I believe it. Uh Yeah, I don't know either. Yeah. Like I, I, feel... I probably lean I I believe some of it. I believe that lights can be seen and lots of people can see lights and I I like the fact that there's reports of lots of people seeing those lights, but lights are also like very common. If 52 people said that they felt their bodies heat up, That'd be a different story. Right. Mm -hmm. um, they just said that cars turning off simultaneously. Yeah. Like the fact that there's more people there. Yeah. They always did call like it makes sense that they called their bros first before going to because you have to understand that the, the Italian military police are not like normal. Like it's like the Russian military police. I like get the that, government but, owns the police. OK, here's why I have beef with that a little mm -hmm. bit. I get that you are making an uh an awesome point right there but at this point they've been called in the past they're starting to file the reports and stuff mm -hmm. and at that point in a sense this man is technically considered famous for these encounters and we still don't have we have the evidence of the footprints but nothing more so at this point i don't know maybe do that one step further and be like hey you know just from the gun or just from the jump we're gonna hit the gun and we're gonna purposely get those police officers because it's not like also the first time ever they called the police they waited and stuff you know mm -hmm. they had the other people but like by you know round four round five six seven eight nine yeah they should have called the police first mm -hmm. i do think. yeah i agree with that so i get it and you made a great like th that does make sense why you know they shouldn't but if it were me and I worked for the company, I would be like, no, we should just call the police at this point, especially because it's the operator that the the guy Zan is calling an operator and then the operator is dispatching people at that point. I don't know. Maybe just like fucking call the police and even send them at the same time if you have to. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's going to take you 30 seconds to call in and place a second call. Mm -hmm. So that's my little. I guess. Yeah. I mean, it's just to pile on that. You think about it. Since the military and the government are of one, like, 
if they were trying to hide, so they could be worried about that. Like if they didn't really trust their government 100%, they could mm -hmm. be worried that if we just call the government to come clean up this alien thing that they're already trying to hide. That like, is a good point because that's a good point that because, was like, that's, put in the episode too. Like I'm sure like you know. for all UFO encounters, it's not like the first thing you do is call like the army and be like, the army needs to get here. Right. Because... People are like, no, the army's just They're gonna, not gonna say cordon anything. it off. Right. Nobody's yes. gonna have access to it, and nobody's ever gonna see it. That uh, makes so a lot of sense. That, I that bet you could, that's the reason. That why. is actually the most logical part of it. Okay. Yeah. yeah there. Yeah. That's your winning argument. Yeah. Right. You can become a lawyer now. You just <laughs> passed the bar exam right there. Passed. <laughs> Done. So for tonight's episode, I had to use a lot of small articles, and I for some reason just forgot to copy and paste them in here. So. Whoops. Mm -hmm. But a big thing that I used was the book, which is the Zanfretta case by Reno de, de Stefano. Reno de Fuck. Let's go on tour. Reno de Stefano? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> well, I kept trying to say Rio because my sister's name is Rio. And so it was like oh. more common to say Rio than Reno. The N doesn't want to be in there. Maybe it's Rhino. <laughs> yup. <laughs> yep <laughs> that's the answer <laughs> yeah do you know a rhino <laughs> did you know rhinos um horns horns are made of hair technically no <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> for real False. i think it's considered a toenail yeah that's what i thought it's probably i mean I'm sure if they took biotin. The horn of a rhinoceros is not technically a horn in the traditional sense of a horn, like a cow or a nail or a hoof or a or a hardened property like such material properties. You said hoof right, but you don't say roof right. Yeah. <laughs> it's the hoof roof. The rhino's horn is actually a tuft of hair or fur that grows tightly packed and glued together that exudes exudes, exudes from sebaceous glands from the nose of it. It's fucking hair. Sebaceous. Oh. sebaceous Jesus. Glands. That's yeah. crazy. Huh. It's carotene. It's literally carotene. So fuck with me, bitches. I told you. <laughs> that was another random fact in my smut book. It's ivory. That's why we... Which is ivory. Is the elephant tusk the same? I don't know that much. She didn't tell him that before sex. <laughs> I only know what this woman That's told very, Harry Styles before a very sex. Important note. Yikes. So yeah. Okay. Wow. Oh. Well, anything else, guys? Been an interesting night. Yeah. Well, I learned a lot about rhinos <laughs> and koalas in this, this book. <laughs> yeah, I got I got some stuff for you. Just, <laughs> you want facts? I have them, and they're yours. And they're yours. You can go tell people about dancing plagues and double penises and hairy double vagines. <laughs> yeah. Who? And Who? hairy horns. Hairy, hairy horns. horns. <laughs> and Shrek encounters. And <laughs> Don't forget him. Um, okay, well, I'm done. <laughs> you you, you want to thank people? Well, yeah, no, I just, I want to make sure that you were done. Do you have more? Do you want to say anything else? I don't know. I just, I want to believe, but I, so did, so did Mulder so did and Scully. I believe, I believe, I believe. <laughs> oh, <laughs> we went very different ways there. He went Shrek, I went X-Files. Uh, yeah. Hmm. So, Thank you guys to everyone that listens and thank you to those that help make this podcast what it is because you guys are all a part of the CSP family. 
Big thanks to Corey, Corey.media.photography every week for doing our editing. And thanks to Eric with Eric being Eric at Eric Productions, Eric, for being a guest this week. That's you. That's, That's you. I'm going to have to change my IG handle. Eric with Eric being Eric. With a K. With a K. With a K. I can't forget that. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, which is at Cryptic Soup Pod. Our DMs are always open for suggestions, so slide on in. You can also join the Facebook group, which is Cryptic Soup Pod Official. In this group, we post further updates on our lives or the cases. So join us and hang out on the socials to stay up to date and be a part of the CSV, CSV, CSP fam. All of our links can also be found at CrypticSoupPod.com as well. Any sort of Apple podcast review and or ratings and or Spotify ratings. Why help. are you fast? <laughs> Stop being fast. I'm sorry. I took a breath and it came out. Uh, <laughs> uh, any kind of Apple podcast. <laughs> okay. So I talk really fast normally is my issue. Uh-huh. And I sit here and Kylie knows this. Eric doesn't. I sit here and I try and think through everything I'm going to say and slow down. But there are times when I get excited and stuff <laughs> that I just talk normal. <laughs> and like, it's gotten to the point where, and I talk about this every time and everyone knows it. I like, uh, like to talk super fast. So I also like to listen to things super fast. Mm -hmm. So like I watch Netflix at 1.25 speed when I'm alone and I listen to podcasts at 2.0 speed or like books at 2.0 speed. Mm -hmm. And it stresses people out when you yeah, do I that. literally can't comprehend no, I, it. I do it all the time when I drive because I can get a 36 hour book done in like 16. Bro, it's so great, right? You <laughs> yeah. get so much time for activities. Mm-hmm. Oh no. For more books. That's, See, I told you Eric's on my wavelength. He needs a fucking chill. That's what that is. It's a book multiplier. God, is Eric autistic? <laughs> um, so guys, thank you for listening and subscribing, <laughs> following, tuning in, keeping up with us. And remember to join the conversation where we'll see you next Tuesday for the next episode. Stay tuned. <laughs>